I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Josh Brown. Two weeks in a row first. Two I love this. Hello. English weeks and James Dowes. Start the podcast again so I can go first. I don't think that's going to happen, but we will continue with the overall conversation on microtransactions. Now, we did a news thing this morning. All three of us, kind of. I think you did think you edited that one. I forget. Um, my brain. But also, uh, microtransactions in Diablo Immortal from Blizzard have made $24 million in two weeks. Well done. Sparking off. Well done. <laughs> Sparking off a whole bunch of conversations around the reality of the general public or whoever the hell is making up that money, not caring about the sanctity of video games overall. Now, I want to have a whole conversation about this stuff from as many different angles as possible because clearly microtransactions are here to stay and have been for quite some time. Um, but I think there's a lot of worthwhile stuff to break down. First section down is uh, notably called microtransaction confessions. <laughs> now, I'm going to point to Mr. Josh Brown, who I know has spent money on buying different colored bullets or something on Call of Duty. And I think the thing is, we should talk about microtransaction confessions. There's no judgment here. No. There's, there'll be laughter here. There will but, be. Because um, the thing is, the thing that I realized um, when we talked about microtransactions with a group of people before, back when Rach and Ash and them were here, was that nigh on everybody has done this. Nigh on everybody has given in to the sin and done some sort of microtransaction thing. Even I, but not en masse <laughs> and not for crazy stuff. And I want to break down the value proposition of them and um, the appeal because... It keeps only getting bigger, and I think that $24 million in two weeks is ludicrous. Um, but to go back to Mr. JB, what's your microtransaction confession? Well, I actually have too many now, because for a little... Shaking it's, my it's, head, Josh it's Brown. It's the old uh, movie quote of you either die a hero or you live long <laughs> enough to see yourself become the villain. And I was so against microtransactions for a, for a long, long time. And yep. then you get to the point where you have your gateway drug, you have your oblivion horse armor, you do it once, <laughs> and suddenly... You you normalize it. And for me, um, I dabbled before, but Call of Duty Warzone was the big um, entry point for me because that was a free-to-play game. We played it for like 500 hours. We were on that thing every night. And one of the ways to freshen up the experience outside of just, you know, the moment-to-moment gameplay was either buying skins or buying the battle pass or both. And eventually... Again, it's always this slippery slope. It started by buying the battle pass, and then sometimes, you know, you get 600 coins and the battle pass is 1,000, so you only have to buy 400, but then I've got 200 left over or whatever because you can't just buy whatever you want, so then I might as well buy more and buy a skin because there's a John McClane skin out and I want the John McClane skin. And it became this thing of I didn't mind buying into it because one, I was playing it to death and having a lot of fun. And two, it was free to play. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I hadn't already spent that much on it 
already. I've not spent $60 to get in it to begin with. So it was a way for me to kind of confirm my fandom in a way right. and keep uh, myself engaged in the progression. I don't know why I ended up buying, you know, tracer rounds for an assault rifle so that they were red. <laughs> what are they? Does that just uh, make your bullets a bit red? It just makes them red. So if you're shooting across the map, people can see like the red bullets going across. <laughs> it completely gives away your position, but it looks cool, man. Like, it it does fun. look cool. Can you see them? You can see them, kind yeah. of. Not as much as other people can, but yeah. you can sees the flash still yes okay. surely the whole point of that is to like you should be able to see them but no one else should i guess you're paying you're paying because well, you want someone to see you with the red yeah. bullets well this is but what, tactically that ruins you 100 but this is oh, what we're going to get into i yes. assume like yes. the idea that are people buying cosmetics especially not because they want it but because they want to reflect a certain sense of status within the game world because when i used to see people with these tracer rounds it made me a want them and two think they were good because I was like you must play this all the time if you have these tracer rounds it's quite intimidating to get you know have this essentially sci-fi weapon at this point shooting at you compared to everything else where you can't that makes no sense in the context of the game I mean does having Rambo in there Scott (laughs) Telford he could feasibly have got there (laughs) he could have walked over does having Ghostface in there or like the Predator (laughs) I suppose I suppose it was long gone many years before this totally but yeah that's my big confession just sort of especially especially uh, buying colorful bullets in a first-person shooter, which is just like throwing my money into the sea. (laughs) So I want to get back to a couple of things that you said. Um, We'll get back to those things. Mr. James Douse, what's what's your worst? uh, My confession is pretty much the exact same as yours Mm. uh, in, um, don't murder me, in Fortnite. (laughs) Um, So I, I think it was about two years ago I played it for the first time and I bought one battle pass. And then you unlock enough V-Bucks in it to buy the next one by playing it. So then you've got to play it and it forces you to play it. And then a dance will come out like I can floss or whatever. And there's this dance where you do all that crazy. Is it Orange Justice? I think it's called. I have no idea. I paid so much money for that. And afterwards, (laughs) I was just like to myself, like, why have I just done that? Can you reveal the price points that, or vaguely what the price point was for this dance? 800. So that would be. Not English pounds. No, 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 no. 800 V-Bucks. So that would probably be about six quid. Okay, that's for for a dance. This is a scam in itself. (laughs) But the thing is, what also is an issue, and I don't know about you guys, but uh, my girlfriend watches like me play Fortnite sometimes, and she'll go, she'll ask me to look through the item shop, and she's like, "That's a cool dance, or that's a song I know." (laughs) And there's a song out at the minute on TikTok or whatever it's called, like "I'm a Savage," and then it just does that. It just does that. (laughs) And Jazz is like, "You've got to buy that." I'm a loser if you don't buy the skin. (laughs) So I bought it, and then whenever somebody kill, uh, when I kill somebody. I'm just there, but he, you know, doing the dances. I'm like, what? But looking I'm, cool in the eyes of your partner. It, Scott. I look cooler than anybody else. Those like kind of cross promotional uh, promotions, I think, are the most alluring. Like you said, mm. you know, you recognize that thing from something else that you like, and you think, I need that in yep. my game. It was the exact same thing with Warzone, where you know a horror movie skin would come out, and I would think, a part of my brain would, the synapses would fire and go, you remember that thing? You like that thing? Do you want that thing? in this game? Yes, I do. I want to show off my fandom. And it was just like like this sort of urge to buy it because it's working on like, you know, proper lizard brain stuff of yep. I recognize this thing, I like this thing, I want this thing in this other thing that shouldn't have the thing. Right, so am I... Oh, go on. Um, Master Chief yes. was added to it for 1,200 V-Bucks, which is about a tenner. And that one, right. I 
ran to my PlayStation just to buy that. Oh. And then at the end of it, I was just like, once again, why have I done that? And um, one of our editors here, Dan Durkin, uh, he didn't touch Fortnite uh, for about three years straight until I told him that Marcus Phoenix was a skin in it. <laughs> and now he plays it every day with me. That seems to be, <laughs> in Fortnite's case, that seems to be the nets that they're casting. It's yeah. like, what's the widest stuff we can do? Because they had that whole run where it was like Terminator and Alien. Yeah. Now it's going to be Indiana Jones. Very mm-hmm. boomer franchises or whatever, but I guess they're just trying to get that much bigger. Yeah. And it's like, if you get that whole wider intertextual pull of someone who already loves that existing franchise, then all of a sudden they come running or they'll check it out or whatever. Like that got me curious, but I was never going to put the money in. Like the only yeah. Fortnite thing that I spent money on initially when it first launched was the initial battle pass um, back in 2017. That was like when it, whenever they first put the battle pass in, mm-hmm. um, I was like, oh, I'll get this because I wanted to get the most out of my time in Fortnite. And that was back when I cared about Fortnite. Um, to add to the confessional pile, uh, mine, I can't, I genuinely make a point of not buying them. Like I really, really don't want to. Um, I just think that like it depends depends though, and I think it's worth picking stuff apart. Um, if a game's free to play, then I'm more up for it because I'm like, well, that's a dev team, they need paying. Um, they're giving me a certain amount of game for free, you know, up front. Um, but they're hoping that you'll pay somewhere down the line because they need to be paid for their wages. And like, there's that side of it. And so I don't mind that like the only two times, three, I have three times three times in total that I can think of when I gave into this stuff. And both of two of three are in Pokemon Go. And that was years after I'd played. I played hundreds of hours of Pokemon Go. And then in my head, I was like, well, it's free to play. It's always been free. Um, and I needed some Pokeballs for one <laughs> catch thing that I ran out and I was like, fine, I'll pay the, what is it? Like the seven, 79 pence uh, to get some coins so I can buy some Pokeballs. Even though they're the most like, you know, free, they're everywhere in the game. Just spin any like location, gym, whatever, you'll get some of them. But in the moment, I didn't have any and I needed some and there wasn't a disc to spin or a gym to spin to get more. So they had me. So I had to buy their stupid Pokeballs. So I did that. The other time, which is more like what you guys did of like a status thing or like a general, I want to look this way for my character thing was um, buying, it was the other tier, it's $4.99 for a bigger chunk of poker coins. And I bought like a jacket and a pose so that when my dude is on the gym, um, I'm doing like a cool pose. And I'm like, well, (laughs) me and my wife play so much all the time. And we always put our Pokemon on, there's like a gym, it's literally down the street. And the the, the locals know me, clearly. The locals (laughs) clearly know that there's a couple that are always on this gym um, because they're always knocking us off at every goddamn day. And so um, we go on there and we and I want to make a point. Like, I'm going to be on this gym. People are going to see this. I'll do a little pose thing with a cool jacket, sunglasses, and a cool little pose. And I'll spend the money on it. And so for me, like, that was like, I wanted my character to look that way. But also the value proposition. I haven't paid to, to be in um, the entry fee or whatever. I, I've just been enjoying hundreds of hours for free. I should give something back. Um, what do you guys think of that thing? Because I think if a game is priced almost to any degree, that nigh on negates the microtransactions thing for me. If I've paid 30, 40, 50 plus pounds, um, I there's no way in hell I'm giving you any more money because that's a premium amount of money. Um, unless enough years go by, like yeah. Battlefront 2 potentially. Um, no Man's Sky, I don't want them to turn to microtransactions, but they've done so much for their initial price point that I would be more open to giving them more money. But what do you guys think of that stuff? For me personally, if I may jump in, yes. it depends how the game is supported. If a game mm. comes out and it's full price, uh, there is no chance that I'm paying extra to unlock some skins that might have been pre-order bonuses or whatever. However, if we get into the point where, say, you have a game like Call of Duty and you're six seasons mm. of post-release content in, and then they release you know new battle passes alongside free maps, that's when I would potentially think about buying in because at that point it becomes a service mm. and almost separate to the game that you originally 
paid for in a way. It has yeah. evolved into this other thing. So I'm kind of similar to you in that unless it becomes a service that I'm using often, I probably will just leave it. Or if I'm returning to a game a few years later and they've added a bunch of DLC, whether it's uh, microtransactions or cosmetics on you costumes or whatever mm -hmm. sometimes then if i'm going through it a second time and i'm fully in it like the witcher for, or whatever and uh, then i will think about buying something else because one i paid for it ages ago that was a different josh <laughs> so maybe I'll, I'll i'll be more open to spending more money and two i want to differentiate this playthrough and i want to see the stuff that i may have missed the first time through mm -hmm. so yeah i'm kind of very similar to you in that front if it's not free to play i'm more averse to opening my wallet unless it's something with legs or something that i'm revisiting yeah I'm not sure if he was going to mention, was he going to mention Halo Infinite at all, the Battle Pass in that? Can't do, we can talk about Battle Passes well, in a bit, yeah. Well, what happened with that one is me and you and Jules and Dan uh -huh. all bought that Battle Pass. <laughs> and we, the thing is, I don't know why we did, because we felt like we was getting bored of it when we was playing it. Yeah. And we but, still, but that was like, I think all of us had that immediate, oh my God, it's the return of Halo. We're yeah. all going to play it. Let's make sure we get the most out of our time spent, which I know is one of the cruxes of a Battle Pass anyway. And immediately bought the 899 Battle Pass? Whatever it was. I was like the most blinders on yeah. approach to that thing. Yeah. So we bought it and I personally played like 10 days worth of it, like mm. 10 days in a row. And then uh -huh. I just never played it again. And I regret doing that. But with a game like Fortnite or like Pokemon Go there, I can tell that I will continue to play it in the future. Right. So that's when I will pay money for a game when I know that I'll actually play it. Even if you've paid for the entry fee in the first place. I paid for it there and I don't know why. Because you did. <laughs> yeah. you did. Well, I did because it was Halo, but like you my- You pressured me, Scott. My, <laughs> despite in radius fade association. Um, I did just because it was the return of Halo and yeah. I was like, I'm going to play a lot of Halo. And I yeah. knew I was going to do that. So I knew that's a lot of, that's a lot of time spent on matches and a lot of XP being given. I might as well, quote unquote, get the double XP boost. Mm -hmm. So I might as well um, go through the battle pass faster. That was my rationale. Because I was like, well, I know I'm going to play a lot of this. Mm -hmm. And I already knew from the beta that it played very, very well. Well, so that that was my thing. Um, that's, I guess, slightly different to a microtransaction, but there is that whole thing of monetizing your time after launch. Yeah. Um, that's the, the only Battle Pass I've bought since 2017 when I bought the initial Fortnite one. And back then I was like, what's the point of this? <laughs> Halo's one, obviously I got extra XP, but like that game, obviously as, as has been well chronicled, like has nothing to offer. Yeah. Like, you know, it's where half a year later and it's still got absolutely uh, nothing at all. Josh Brown, you were going to say something. Was I? I can't remember. You went to do a little motion. Yeah. Oh, I think I was going to ask James Douse. Well, and yeah. I'm, I'm sorry if I pivoted into a completely different point, but do it, it is related. You know, you mentioned there, Douse, because it feels like an hour ago now and I don't <laughs> know why my brain just blanked out. You were talking about Fortnite and stuff. Do you ever get the urge, say you're going back to Fortnite after six month absence, maybe even longer, maybe a year absence. In a game like Fortnite, a game that is a live service, constantly evolves in updates. Do you ever feel like you jump back into the game and that your character that you had before is almost being left behind. That was almost another version of the title. Because sometimes I will go into Fortnite and I'm like, I don't want to be uh, this skin. This skin is outdated at this point. It's okay. not in okay. anymore. Like people aren't using it. I don't want to feel like a relic. I want to feel like part of the current conversation. I want to get this skin that is currently being bought or being This is seen. fascinating. Yeah, it's like a weird psychological thing. I'm not saying it's a good thing <laughs> no, at no, all, but just, it's certainly something I think about because mm -hmm. you these games are living and breathing and it's almost like they constantly refresh themselves in a way that makes the previous version feel old if that's what you left on. Yeah, no, I fully agree with that because recently, because when I bought the Master Chief uh, thing, that was about two or three seasons ago, um, and now I've just reset it so it's random skin every single time. And I know that sounds so stupid on the outset, but like 
Darth Vader's the latest person who's in the battle pass, and everybody's Darth Vader. Mm, so, yeah. like, when I'm playing as Master Chief, I'm just like, well, he's, you know, he's not cool anymore. <laughs> and, then, and then you play you as... Creative, that's you, what you want to get. Well, yeah, and then you play as Darth Vader, and then two more battle passes come out, and then it's, I don't know, the Hulk or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like, why am I still Darth Vader? <laughs> so, in that, that is weird. Well, yeah. well, the thing is, I was going to supplant yeah. that, because I, I, I can only disagree with that to my core. Like, I do not care about what's in, like, I, at all. Um, I get that things like the time passes and things get outdated. The thing that that reminded me of when you said like you have the pull to be as as relevant as possible reminded me of the reports that came out um, or have been coming out across the last few years of like bullying in schools where like it's like you know kids who everyone plays Fortnite so it's like that whole thing of um, kids using the term default to refer yeah. to a kid who can't afford the latest skin or whatever it is and the horrific reality of trying to keep up with all this stuff um, I just absolutely don't even think that way like I, I just genuinely don't I don't care about what my dude's wearing like the, the nearest I've got to that um, but it's a franchise pull is when they announced that Shovel Knight was going to be in Fall Guys and I went back and re-downloaded Fall, uh, Fall Guys I would have paid for that Shovel Knight skin because like, I want to play as the Shovel Knight guy. And like it's same in when that game first launched, I'm playing as the Hotline Miami skin. And so like that's more like a franchise in, into textuality pull, like what you mentioned earlier on about just getting the Halo skin. Um, but in terms of keeping up with the marketplace, I'm like, the game has to answer to me. It's like, I don't answer to it kind of thing. So it's like, that doesn't, I don't care about keeping up with whatever it thinks is important. I right. know what's important and I'll tell it. Yeah, it's, yeah. well, Dan Durkin, he wants the uh, Arcane skin. Is that from oh, the yeah, League yeah. of Legends TV show? Uh, yeah, it's from Arcane, the show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right, that shows how much I know. <laughs> um, but he's been going on it every day on the item shop to find that skin. And he right. wants it and he plays it because he wants it. That's what I did with the Shovel Knight thing. I played yeah. Fall Guys every day for like a month and it never dropped yeah. again. Jumping off what you both said there, uh, there's a great video by Dan Olson who does the channel Folding Ideas. Yep. Uh, you might have seen his NFT video. He did one on um, Fortnite and how that marketplace is structured to create kind of a sense of FOMO. Totally. And you've just um, sparked me there, James. I was about talking about Dan trying to get onto the storefront because it cycles through things, items on like a daily basis and you might miss something. You know, you see item on the marketplace and you want to buy it more because that they're, they're creating it a sense in two of, hours yeah, yeah they're creating a sense of like artificial scarcity right there oh, warzone is a timer in the bottom corner for when the shop refreshes yes yeah. so you get like bundles yeah. that you know will be there at some point but it won't have a bank library of you know i'm going to be able to go and buy this you know scream skin in a month's time when mm. it refreshes because you might not you'll have to wait till it cycles back through and who knows when that's going to be so then i think that gives you another again actually dan also mentions in that video gives you like this psychological push to think well i don't want to miss out i want this skin and i want it now and i might never get it again are you guys not put it in the library so aware of that though like oh, yeah. are you not like you know like About the charm oh dude i'm so is it charming <laughs> no well this is the thing like you can be again you can be aware of something but it doesn't mean it's not the, these systems like purposefully work on such a deep-seated psychological level that even yeah. if you're aware of them, doesn't mean they're not effective. It's like social media or anything to do with your phones. Like I know that this phone is rotting my brain and throwing <laughs> up an algorithm that is best suited to keep my eyes on my phone. Does that mean I'm never gonna go on my phone? Hell no, I'm gonna go on it right now and scroll through Instagram for five hours, you know? I, I know that it's bad. I know that it is, you know, manipulative, but I can't deny that it works on me and I think mm -hmm. it's worth talking about now because I don't want to be the guy who's like, microtransactions are bad uh, and pretend it doesn't have an effect on me when it, when these systems are so 
good that it, right. of course yeah. it does, right? You well, know? that was there's one thing I was going to talk about. Um, we should well, actually, yeah, let's talk about this stuff and we'll, we'll just kind of bounce around because it works anyway. But like, there's something in here. I was saying this to you after we filmed the Diablo news because I was like, it's made 24 million dollars in two weeks, and there's something like it's not admiration, but there's something about the refined clockwork mechanisms that they've been able to, been able to bring together that is insane. Like you think about how much money that is and how many different ways, how many different permutations there are of implementing microtransactions in a digital space, especially in a video game that is as multifaceted as um, Diablo Immortal. And you go into that game's microtransactions and the way that the different gem systems work. And it's like this 10 step thing of like, well, you can buy a premium currency for this item, which then rolls like an interactive loot box dungeon type thing, but you're a better chance of getting better gear if you have it use a better tier gem. So go and pay for one of them and then re-roll this other thing. And it's all like, everything is like this weird like spreadsheet combination of stuff. It's not just as cut and dry as a loot box that you re-roll once or twice or whatever. Like most of the games these days that have successful, at least the money side of things being successful, have these like nine, 10 step things um, that you quote unquote, don't realize are taking advantage of your wallet. I always think for me, when I'm seeing the actual currency, that's when I go, oh, okay. And I just shut down. I'm like, oh, well you want actual money from me? No, like that's where I just shut down. But I get that there are so many, especially on Android, I can speak to Android, um, Google Pay stuff where it's just baked into the game. But once you've set that stuff up, um, it'll just, you can just click a button. It's like one step ordering on Amazon or something, um, which is obviously a whole other thing. It's like, you see those nightmare stories that in the UK, for example, the BBC write up about some kid who got their uh, parents' credit card, they attached it to an account, and then they've got 30,000 pounds worth of stuff on FIFA Ultimate Team. Could I jump off and analyze the micro part of microtransactions? Because yes. you, I thought you mentioned something really interesting there because uh, back when I would never buy these things, uh, I would never buy DLC either. I would never buy expansion packs because uh. you know before I had a, a regular income, I was just thinking, you know, 15 pounds, 20 pounds for an extra part of this game. Yes. The value proposition just wasn't there for me. There was no way I would spend 15, 20 pounds on a DLC when I could buy, you know, one, maybe even two pre-owned games I had never played before. However, the first time I bought a microtransaction, because it was so small, it felt <laughs> like mm-hmm. not real money. It felt like yeah, I wasn't right. actually paying anything. And I kept thinking, you know, well, what's two pounds? Yeah. In the words of Matty Healy of the 1975, what's a fiver <laughs> at this point in time? You know, it felt small enough that it wasn't having an effect. But obviously, you know, then you look at your bank balance at the end of the month and it all adds up. And if yeah. you can't afford that, then that becomes predatory in that kind of fooling you into thinking that it's not real money or yep. that it's yep. V-Bucks and something, you know, it, it makes it, it makes the transaction part of the microtransaction word easier to kind of buy into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you remember your first ever like microtransaction, like what game it was? Honestly, Dows, I think it was, and I'm not just stealing Scott's um, thunder here. It was buying Pokeballs in <laughs> Pokemon <laughs> Go because I ran out. That's we only 2016 onwards then. Yeah, right? totally. And um, I didn't buy any microtransactions before that point. See, mine was uh, Halo 5. They okay, I can predate both of you, but carry on. When was that, 2015? Halo 15, is yeah. yeah, Halo 15. 15. It will be eventually. Um, yeah, so that one you had, there was, uh, I think that was called Warzone, wasn't it? They had a mo- that stupid card pack. Yeah, Warzone that was, mode, I yeah. bought those card packs. Yeah. But that was when I first started at university and I had zero money. And I was like, well, I kind of want this. Uh-huh. It's like, I wouldn't eat for a day. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> but this, I was going to say, because like, like, I want to get back to this whole, like the, the satisfaction of investing in this stuff thing. Because clearly we're all doing it to various degrees. I'll throw on very quickly my little story. It's not really a story, my little thing. I mentioned at the start that I had three examples of microtransactions. Two of them are from Pokemon Go. The other one is from PlayStation 
home back yeah. in 2007 or whatever it was. Because right. um, that was one of the earliest implementations of you can buy stuff with real money in a game. And I still thought, I really think that, um, or thought the PlayStation Home was a really cool idea. Me and my friends would log on, we'd play virtual pool, like after school, and it was just cool. Like it was, it all rhymed. It didn't mean to. <laughs> but it was really, really cool. And uh, and I was like, in that game, again, it's the same kind of thing as Pokemon Go. It's like, I want to like look a certain way because I'm this is my digital self or whatever, and I'm being seen by other friends who are also like their digital selves. And I remember that game having a, a storefront or whatever would have approximated a storefront back then where you could buy like a digital jacket. And it was like a cool jacket. It was like this thing that looked like a Wolverine's jacket, like yellow stripes on it. I was like, oh, that's really cool. I'll pay for that. And I think it was like three pounds, 3.99 or something. But I was like, I've not paid for anything yet. So I'll buy that. Um, that whole thing, we did a chatty face on this because I uh, it errored out and didn't give me my, my jacket. I had to ring Sony services <laughs> and be like, I've bought a jacket. And like, and she's like, oh, what do you mean? I'm like, oh, inside PlayStation Home. And she's like, what do you mean? And I'm just like, oh God, just forget it. I don't need it anyway. And deleted PlayStation Home. But that was my third one, but that was in 2007. But I guess it was rooted in that idea of like, someone else is going to see this. It's worth something. It's not just throwing money at a wall. Sorry, do you know what you I've completely forgot about Xbox 360 avatars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. forgot that was a big one. Yeah. Everybody I knew on my uh, school always had the latest and greatest jacket or right. motorbike avatar item. Like the, that's like the seeds of the the default stuff in Fortnite yeah. now. But that was like 2008, 9, 10. Oh yeah, anything yeah. that anything with a with a communal aspect, you can monetize a part of that to yeah. recreate FOMO or whatever you want to do. I was always too skint to ever get any of those items. That's cheap for the good. American listeners. Oh yeah, that is a, that is a, no not cheap. It's I cheap. know I said that. I meant like yeah. just not have enough money to spend on the things you want to spend yeah, on. Yeah, broke, I suppose, with the American sure. yeah, version. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was always too broke uh, yeah. to buy any of that stuff, but I would look through it. I mm. would look through those uh, jackets and those jeans that cost 800 Microsoft points, <laughs> and I would long for the time I could buy them, and I'm like, that's where the sickness started, wasn't yeah. it? They got me with the FOMO there. They got me wanting these items, and then years later, 10 years later, <laughs> I finally broke the seal, and they got me for good. That's that whale mentality, too, just super quickly, that like if you can afford all that stuff, then you're like, oh, well, look at me. I'm yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm Johnny three hundred pounds on my jeans or whatever. Do you know what it is. started this? Habo Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. I oh remember my. being whatever, like five, six, seven years old, and wanting a bed. <laughs> and right. you have to buy like twenty coins for that. Uh-huh. Yeah, this was like two thousand. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. 
For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Great. Could I tell you my story? My yes. one and only interaction with Habbo Hotel. I did. <laughs> I did. I met, you, you don't realize how close you are to uh, what you're Those talking about kids. there. I went on Habbo Hotel once. And obviously, people talk to you, don't they? Made my little person. You know, was walking around. Someone came up and he said, will you be my boyfriend? And I said... I'm too socially awkward for this. And I shut the computer down and didn't go on it again for a week because I was like, I don't want to talk to anyone online, especially a stranger who wants to be my virtual well, girlfriend. You, you did very well by yourself, not getting dragged into something. Thank okay, you. Spending more yeah. I don't know. I have no idea what Habbo Hotel is, but if it's been really? looting you money from you, James What's Habbo Hotel? Is it on a console? No. What? Is that what it is? No. It was like that and RuneScape were like the two big dogs. What's that? Point. Is that another PC thing? <laughs> What's that? Is it on PlayStation? No. I don't even know what they're too busy playing yeah, Metal I'm, Gear, man. Exactly. I'm too busy man. on Bishy Bashy Special. I don't know what you want Grow from up, me. man. Um, point being that um, in regards to the satisfaction thing, like I said, there's that, that sort of clockwork mechanism side of it that I just kind of need to pick apart a little bit because like I said, we're all doing this to different degrees. And um, for me, like I said, I, I, I try and like, make a point of not doing it. But I think the more I talk to people, the more I realize how embedded it is um, across like various games and franchises and stuff. Is there something to the satisfaction of spending money on on a microtransaction, there's something in like, well, I love this property, I'm loving this thing, I'll put money into it. There's something about that specific transaction feel that I think is the thing that they keep monetizing over and over again because the it's not like buying um, like alcohol or whatever where it's just like, you're buying like a tool to do a thing, to get drunk, to do whatever. Like if you were buying Sonic branded alcohol, I might be more into that. Like I just, I don't know. There's something about it that like, it's like that seems to be a specific feeling that is unique to video games and unique to interacting with something and then putting your hard earned money into it um, or just money into it, knowing what money feels like, the philosophy of it. It's messed up. I will tell you now that uh, my microtransaction buying habits uh, exploded exponentially during the pandemic and during right. lockdowns specifically. I was just chasing any chasing kind of serotonin hit from anywhere. <laughs> and one of the most reliable ways of getting that hit was buying one of the new skins right. Call of Duty was and was buying this, was buying that because I couldn't go out of the shops. I couldn't buy clothes. I couldn't really buy music, you know, <laughs> stuff I was just getting annoyed at. Nothing felt new, but what did feel new was the marketplace mm -hmm. on these free-to-play games and what felt good was consuming at a right. time when consuming was difficult. And 
again, I'm not saying any of this is right or no. if this is good, healthy behavior, but I think you are onto something that there is a hit well, you get with it. My, it, it's just because for me, and it's like having done like a lot of like media stuff in high school and university and stuff, you what like media stuff 101 is like consumerism and like FOMO and making you realize that you don't need the thing. And so like, I don't know if that's just too embedded in me where I'm like, this isn't going to satisfy me kind of thing. Like that's what makes me able to go like, ah, I don't want anything to do with this. But I guess that was, what do you think of the, like the satisfaction side of it? Cause you said you got buyer's remorse for the, the Halo skin, mm-hmm. but in that rush, you were like, well, I need this. Yeah. Yeah. As you were saying there, I wanted to support them. I wanted mm. to be like, Hey, here's my money for you, Halo. Um, and then <laughs> afterwards, that's when I regretted it. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, there's a lot of remorse for some. I say <laughs> when it's with the Fortnite dance and stuff, and I buy it, I'm just like, why? Why have I bought yeah, that? Yeah, but there's something in the rush beforehand. Like it is consumerism and buyer's remorse 101. Like that's mm-hmm. the whole thing about like you you take your credit card to a shopping mall and then afterwards you're like, I don't need all this stuff, but it felt good doing it. <laughs> and it's like the digital version of that. But it does it automatically though, doesn't it? You mm-hmm. just buy it and then it just does it. Yeah. And then you get an email received from PayPal saying, what have you done? Man? Yeah, yeah. What button have you clicked this time? <laughs> I thought we had an agreement. You were supposed to stop. Because <laughs> we were talking about something before we came in, me and you guys were on about um, that. I, you asked me something like, you know, that whole idea of offsetting the value proposition as opposed to putting in uh, microtransactions and bit by bit incremental mm-hmm. stuff and um, offsetting it with one amount of money. Yeah. Because um, that whole th- that's one of the things that stops me. I'm like, if a game is 40 pounds and the skins are five, then that's like an eighth of the whole game is this one skin. So it yeah. doesn't make sense in my head of a value proposition. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if something's free to play, it offsets it a bit more. And it's like, well, how much money would you have to spend in a single chunk to get all of Diablo Immortal, for example, or whatever? Like, that's an interesting side of it too. Yeah, that's weird because um, Halo, obviously for us, was free to an extent mm-hmm. with uh, Game Pass. So usually that would have been a £60 game for me to buy. Right. I bought it for nothing and I still feel regretting buying that £8 Battle Pass. <laughs> Which was like a fraction of the price, but that well, still angers like, me. I guess in, yeah, in Halo's case, they didn't even live up to the eight pounds. Yeah. Like, whereas if they'd had something that was an equivalent of the Halo Master Chief skin yeah. in Fortnite, um, they would have just to nail like one skin. It would be like, oh, that's really, really cool. Um, but it's almost like game by game. But like, yeah, I guess I have, what do you guys think of like that sort of division of price tag? Or does it just not necessarily matter if the individual transaction is worth more, like in a, um, in a textual sense? Uh, a question for you, Josh. How many what? hours have you put into Warzone? 500 almost exactly. Right. <laughs> is that more than any game ever? More than any game I've ever played, And have yeah. you, you didn't pay for that game? No. So, like, there, that's justifiable. Like, yeah, Fortnite's yeah. the same. I've put, like, 100 hours into that. Well, um, I don't, other than, like, the stupidity, like, other than getting caught short with no Pokeballs in Pokemon Go, yeah. I don't regret putting money into that game because yeah. I've had hundreds of hours with it for now uh, six years. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't mind that. Um, but it's like, yeah, in something like a, my example would be a Call of Duty, but not Warzone. It would be something more paid um, where it's like, yeah, you know, they ask you uh, to then fork out five, seven pounds per skin. I remember Destiny, D- Destiny 2's dance emotes were like 20 pounds or something. And it just felt like Activision seeing what they can get away with. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm never going to give you the a third of the full game for a dance emote. Like that just seems so patently insane to me. 100%. I think there are definitely, I mean, I, I want to clarify that. Although we're doing these confessions, 90% <laughs> of the games that I play you know, I would say you've crossed the line. I will never buy any of these microtransactions. There are some that I definitely will never buy. Like I'm never going to buy an XP boot.
boost. I'm never going to buy right, skips right. to a battle pass or to level up quicker or anything like that. That doesn't interest me. However, what does interest me and what I assign value to is when I know that, one, I either really love, love a game or two, I'm going to be playing this game for a long time mm. and whatever I buy is going to be part of that journey or story. So again, going back to Warzone, if I buy a skin, I know I'm not going to use that skin once and then never play the game again and right. be like, why did I just spend, spend eight pounds on this thing uh, when I could have bought into the game. I know it's going to be part of a larger thing that I play for, you know, a couple of years. And, you know it's going to be seen as well. And you, and you yeah. know it's going to be seen. So I assign a lot of value to that because it's part of something I love. It's part of something that I'm going to play for a long time. However, I wouldn't do the same thing in Fortnite because I don't... Say I boot, boot up Fortnite. Say James Douse was kind enough to invite me to a game, <laughs> which I'm still waiting on my invitation for. He begs for. every yeah. week. Uh, but say, <laughs> say I was asked to play that. And then... I saw the store. Uh -huh. I wouldn't buy anything there despite how good it looked because I probably know in my heart of heart that's either going to be a one-time thing, uh, one-time, you know, gaming session, or I'm only going to play it once every six months to a, to a year or whatever. Like, the value there doesn't make sense for something that I'm only going to dip in and out of in that's being generous. Mm -hmm. That's because you've chosen your battle royale, haven't you? That is you've true. You've chosen your side. Which is, yeah, yeah. I chose, because uh, I used to be PUBG massively yeah, until yeah. that died a death in my opinion. And then I just went straight into Fortnite and that was a lockdown game. And as you say there with the cosmic cosmetics, because I couldn't spend my own money in real life, I just bought Fortnite skins. It is one of those like service things where I think if someone has a certain service, like my service game is Pokemon Go. Like it's, it's been on my home yeah. screen since 2016. It's the thing I dip into when I walk to the shops and I'll just catch stuff and whatever it is. Like that's always there. And so I don't mind like putting money into that. I think it's worth splitting the cosmetic side of it with the gameplay modifier side of it. Um, Cause you said you'll never buy like an XP boost or something like that. Um, are you kind of the same Dallas in terms of like, like cause I, I agree with Josh. Like I've never bought something that would bypass part of the game. No. Like, why would I buy a game and then buy to bypass it? I always yeah, thought yeah. that was ridiculous. No, because on Fortnite, you can do that with V-Books. You can skip 10 levels. Or right, whatever. okay. Um, no, you can't pay to actually win a match, though, in Fortnite. Or go no. or, like, you know, pay for a gun or something. No, no, it's just to skip levels mm -hmm. to get Darth Vader kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but no, because that negates the point of playing it. Mm -hmm. I would say so. I would say so, too. And if we talk about battle passes specifically, people might think, well, why are you buying into... Why are you buying to get locked content, if that makes sense. You're buying into yeah. a pass where you still have to like grind loads to get the end game weapon skins or whatever. And to me, that's buying into the service. That's like, I don't even, I, I know that I won't unlock half of this stuff, but I'm buying into the grind and it's right. the grind that I like. It's the reward from being on that conveyor belt, you know, trying to do well in games to get XP, to level up like these passes. And that's, why I don't understand things like level skips because at that point you're just paying to skip <laughs> the game and shouldn't the game itself be the thing that you're enjoying? So I would, yeah. when it comes to like these microtransactions and battle passes specifically, I like it because I, it's almost like an entry fee to a ride at that point. I'm buying to get <laughs> onto this grind because the grind, in my opinion, is enjoyable. It's not extortionate in how much it demands your time. Like uh -huh. it doesn't feel, and I'm using the word grind, but it doesn't feel like a like I'm grinding myself to get these things out. It feels like the rewards once I'm on there are coming at a regular pace at a satisfactory satisfactorial place. Does make sense. But you know what I mean? Though. It's it's a, it's buying to get on a thing that I deem fair and satisfying. Well that was my that was my Halo thing, minus the satisfactory side of it. Although I love the gameplay side of it. But that was my thing. That was I was like before I even signed up to the battle pass, I was like, well I'm gonna be playing this anyway. So it's like you might as well get more out of it, let's say. Um, and also that being free to play kind of offset it. Like it's game pass, but whatever, it's nigh enough free to play. Um but was, that side of it, yeah. Was this not Candy Crush that kind 
kind of started this whole moment like momentum where like I can remember my mum playing that game mm. and she was stuck on a level and then she'd buy well I think the one time we let her do it <laughs> <laughs> but like she bought to get onto the next level because it was nigh on impossible right and that now has gone into 3D games but that's kind of like what I mean games. about like when is it when is it when do we all en masse agree it's too bad because Diablo Immortal has not been en masse agreed it's too bad instead it made 24 million in two weeks like obviously there's the PC contingent there's the Diablo fandom that are going this is horrendous like as opposed to comparisons to the original or existing Diablo games but there's clearly a uh, mainstream version of the audience that are loving this and don't mind putting that much money into it unless you said before we were recording to us that it could be just quick cash yeah. people spend this money go oh it's not worth it and then drop off um the actual sales or downloads i think are about five million and um, might be on 10 it might be 10 million by now it was five million the first week um but it could just be that and it's like that whole thing of respecting your time as a consumer um you know like when is when is too much when does it when do people on mass go this isn't okay is it pay to win like, like there's all these different permutations do you know about. what game needs this uh dark souls one um <laughs> <laughs> So I'm the all seen and smile. What are the bosses called that I'm stuck on? All seen and smile. Those two, I'm stuck on those two. Have been for three days, and I just <laughs> want to get past them. So if I can pay from Software Fiber to get past them, I will. Yeah, I don't think, implement that. No, seen. Can you imagine if they, if, if from Software discovered that. Being like, like Ring, own coins, gun. yeah, small coins. <laughs> we need to yeah. cut this part out of the podcast. This, this is going to go. You can't yeah. give them any ideas. No. James Dallas, you've seen the it's movie man. Goodfellas, yeah? Uh, yeah, sure. Right, you know when Joe Pesci gets like a made man and Absolutely. you know he gets uh, put into a room and then he gets like shot in the back of the head. I think me and Scott might have to do something <laughs> similar. Do so you after this, do. my friend, you're being, you're becoming a made man. You'll but, come with me yes. into a private room and you might not come out of it. But that will free me from the hell of... <laughs> Orms, That's still tree. better than fighting on scene and smile. Smile, yeah. Yeah, smo, smile. We've all been there. It's yeah. uh, since 2011. Yeah, so bring, yeah, get me past that. But that's the thing. So it's like gameplay modifiers, I think, are the thing. But the thing is, like, Diablo Immortal has gameplay modifiers, but they're very much tied to the drop rates. You can use the premium currency to up your chances at certain interactive loot boxes, but it's not strictly pay to win. Although that seems to be the nearest the knuckle on the multiplayer mode, where people are just saying, I'm clearly fighting against someone who has put... X number of money into their character, and that's why they're beating me in like one hit. But that seems to be like the, the, the crux that we're okay with, quote unquote, is if it's cosmetic and largely pointless. Um, but the second you do pay to win, like Battlefront 2 or whatever, then we kind of go, no, that's horrible. You, you can't do that. But yeah. where like people on mass seem to let people get away with the cosmetic side of it. Totally. More. It just has to seem fair. You know, you mentioned yeah. Battlefront 2. One of the things that wasn't fair then was that the requirement to either pay money or grind 30, 40 hours to unlock mm. a character as basic as Darth Vader. And once you start doing the math on that stuff, you know, that'll take you hundreds, if not thousands of hours to unlock all of the content in this game you already paid for. Yes. As soon as that feeling of unfairness creeps in, I think people just kind of shut down. The yeah. walls come up and we get videos like the one we did today yeah. where you, they're rightfully called out. It, But obviously developers are going to push that that perception of fairness as mm. far as they can before it hits the breaking point. With that Darth Vader thing, if Battlefront 2 was free, would that have made you feel different? Uh, not necessarily in the way that those cards, the the battle, the what the hell are they called? Star cards were implemented yeah. because you were um, spinning a dice. In theory, they removed it on day one because the backlash mm. was so huge. But the system they were going to do was you would pay for different types of star cards, which affected um, grenade damage, grenade radius, like special move damage. Like it was pay to win or it was gameplay affected microtransactions. So I would still say yes, that I would still be there because even if it's free to play, the game is broken. Like the game is skewed by the monetary side of it which like the monetary side of Fortnite 
it doesn't affect the core game. Like yeah. you, like, as far as I know, like yeah, at the bottom it says uh, all cosmetics or whatever don't affect anything. Yeah, and that seems to be the thing they can always fall back on, no matter yeah. how nefarious the implementation or the or the pricing is. They can go, well, you can still have a nice little game. It's just right there. Just use whatever you, the basic skin that you want. And that's me using the basic skin because mm. I never do all these other things. Um, but at the same time, it's like the the different permutations of pricing this stuff. I think is just at a weird zenith of it at the minute, or at least I keep thinking we're at the zenith of it. And then something like Diablo makes twenty four million in two weeks. And I go, okay, it's even bigger than we thought. Well, this is it. I mentioned it, I mentioned it at the beginning, but we thought the zenith of this was uh, horse armor for oblivion. Yes. Everyone said this is the worst thing ever, and then that made lots of money. And now we have microtransactions today. That as is we like know a them. standard practice now. What is that meme where it's like a guy and he's got like a domino essentially, and it's kind of like <laughs> they all knock down and it's yes. something small and it starts big. It is like horse armor, and then it's like trickle, 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 trickle. A ten billion dollar industry, a one hundred billion dollar industry. <laughs> made of horse armor. Well, it's that crazy. was the thing I was going to say, um, and I wish I could remember the name of the guy that did this talk, but you'd be able to find them. There's more than one version of this talk out there, but a lot of major publishers, your Warner Brothers, your Ubisoft, your whatever, have started hiring mobile game designers to help them with monetization loops, with gameplay loops and everything else. And there was a big talk that I watched. It was like a TED Talk style thing um, of this mobile game designer who's like the leader in their field or whatever, just saying, you don't realize how many permutations and parts of a video game's overall matrix you can dive into and monetize. Um, whether it's just this specific weapon, a specific item or anything like, you know, this whole sort of all the different interaction points that games have. And I feel like all these different publishers and studios are realizing that. Um, and that's the thing. When you look into Diablo Immortal stuff, like I said, it's like a nine step process and they had to really sit down and just and sort of like go through it and really focus on it. And like, let's tweak this and make this more egregious and make this not that much. But if you do this, it frees this up and whatever. And I'm just like, I don't think I admire it, but I'm like, there's almost like a, it's not art either, but there's like this weird, like trying to perfect the perfect, brutal, disgusting approach to this. And um, that I feel like that that's the track they're on. Like that's their proficiency is getting as much money out of people as possible. And so far it's in the double digits of millions in two weeks from one PC release of a mobile game. It's kind of nuts. It's depressing that, isn't it? It's when a you think scam. about it. It is, but it's <laughs> like, a scam. it's like a scam that everyone's fine with. Yeah, totally. It's like, you, people stumbled onto this added revenue stream, realized this revenue stream was pretty much limitless, could yeah, make yeah. more than boxed releases could. And now, like you say, you know, we've got patents, we've got these experts coming in to oversee million dollar franchises, <laughs> billion dollar franchises that people love. I'm pretty sure the person who was in charge of Battlefield, at least up until this year, also came from the mobile division. Right. We had before the Bethesda and before the Microsoft deal, uh, went through with Activision Blizzard, you know, the biggest gaming acquisition ever was King, who made Candy Crush uh, being acquired earlier this year, you know. There's a lot of money in this part of the industry. And yeah. because of that, sadly, a few fools on a podcast aren't going to make <laughs> it go away. I wish we yeah. could, but it's it's far beyond any anything anyone could ever have anticipated 10 years it's true. ago. I remember like when we started talking about it, when it got really egregious. 2017, I always cite as one of the worst years for it because that was Star Wars Battlefront 2, that was Fort Honor, and that was Shadow of War. Um, and it was like loot, it was orc loot boxes. It was like, they're just putting it on everything. And you kind of want to hope that like the fairness side of it gets better over time. And like, yeah, I mean, obviously Diablo Immortal has its fans. Um, but there was an editorial piece that went up today on Metro that was all about like, you know, Diablo Immortal's insane revenue proves that people don't, the average person doesn't care about video games. But I think, I don't think that's necessarily true because you look at the pushback to the Avengers or Anthem or insert X game that bombed when they tried to do this too egregiously. And it's not that Diablo isn't egregious, but like, I still do have faith in the 
average consumer, and like, and there's that still that split between mobile gaming and console gaming, um, which is obviously why there's so much ire around Diablo because now it's on PC. It's more like a proper game as opposed to a mobile thing. But what do you guys think of that? Like the the average person just going with this? Because I feel like a lot of people have stories of their kid playing a game with them and they die and they go, oh, just can you just pay more to go again? Or how do I instant Dark Souls? There was a whole thing about a, a kid that was watching their dad play going like, how do you pay to get more souls? Mm-hmm. And it's like, is it just accepted now? I think it depends on the audience for me. You know, um, certainly the more the audience skews casual or just the mm. ra- random person, the more they can get away with it. You know, for better or worse, oftentimes worse, like the hardcore gamer voice, you know, won't stand for this stuff. Like it no. will kick up a fuss, it'll make a backlash online, and then it will thankfully force developers to change their minds. However, there's no hardcore Candy Crush players. Or if there are, <laughs> I haven't met them. There's no one like screaming about the mechanics of that game. True. Similar to how FIFA got away with it for so long. You know, FIFA is a more casual game. Ultimate Team was making billions of dollars in microtransactions. Mm. But because that targeted people who might literally buy one game a year uh, and yeah, aren't on, yeah, and aren't on like, or at least aren't on Reddits and forums to the extent that someone who likes Star Wars Battlefront will be, mm. it slips under the radar and EA can keep making this money. I think it's when it when these practices, and this is wrongly as well, when these practices cross from the casual arena to the more hardcore arena, quote unquote, in things like Shadow of War, that's when you get the backlash and it's when you get uh, developers and publishers being a little bit scared. But yeah. otherwise, once you target the casual market who like don't scrutinize things to that extent, they're just like, yeah, this is normalized. This is just what games this are. This is video games. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying with like Candy Crush and whatever, like stereotypically, let's just say it's like a mother who plays all these like Candy Crush games, whatever. Uh, my mother who loves it. Who, who's she going to talk to about it? Me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you mean, though. But yeah, like, definitely. They don't have, they don't no. go on Reddit to make no. sure that everybody else has been no. scammed about it. They'll just be like, yeah, fair enough. And I, I guess like, that the whole, it, and it's offset as well because Candy Crush is free. So they're like, yeah. well, what's 50 pence to skip a level? Or what's, mm-hmm. what's 99 pence or whatever? Um, or a cent or a dollar or whatever to get through that one thing that is roadblocking them. Like, they don't have all day to like do an unseen and smile and bash their head against mm-hmm. it for a few days. Um, well, we're saying all these are stupid and we've just admitted throughout this entire podcast that you buy a skin. Like, we're <laughs> also stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're all fools to it. That's it. I didn't want this podcast to be in our videos, to be fair. Like, we're sort of from this pedestal, passing judgment on everyone who indulges in this because it's got to a point where it's so normalized, it's often so insidious that it. It's just levels, isn't it? Like some things feel acceptable to some people and they don't feel acceptable to well, others. And it's just trying to find that line of where, when is this fine and when is this like taking the piss? Yeah, because like for the longest time, that's what I was going to say before when I was like, oh, when we first started reporting on this stuff um, egregiously, when like, you know, like, like I said, 2017 was so bad. There was always that idea that you, someone would do a video, maybe we've done it, called microtransactions are here to stay. And it was always that feeling of like, I never want to have to say that but they kind of are. And it's just like, and it's just one of those things where like overall as an implementation of a revenue stream, yes, they're here to stay. But like the, the, the gameplay modifiers, that's the thing to push back on. Like there's there's still some, there's still a refinement to be done. Um, and also like there's the whole other thing with this, with microtransactions where they do support dev teams, like especially dev teams that are working on something um, way after launch. Like you said, if, if it's something into its sixth season of uh, content, then that's a dev team working on that for months on end. And like No Man's Sky is an interesting one because they've done, what would be a season's worth of stuff, uh, multiple seasons worth of stuff across the last six years, and never asked for any additional money whatsoever. Um, and it's really interesting because they're just they're still just getting by on their unit sales, which either proves that that model could work with the other companies, yeah, 
or they are just like still trying to build up the reputation that they lost in 2016. This is why I take a little bit umbrage with the excuse that it is supporting dev teams. And I want to make sure I lay this out as clearly mm. as possible without any kind of confusion. Obviously, I support dev teams getting paid, solidarity with those workers who are trying to get better conditions. They deserve to be paid. They deserve to be paid way more than they are currently getting. They don't <laughs> deserve to be overworked or crunched or anything like that. Uh, so in kind of theory, I fully agree with the fact that yes, uh, if it supports the developers, absolutely, we should do it. However, that phrase, in my opinion, has been weaponized yeah, by yeah. the publishers to kind of guilt us into accepting these practices that aren't worthwhile. Totally. I am not going to be guilted by Activision Blizzard, uh, who gave Bobby Kotick like uh, tens of millions of dollars in bonus money while cutting 800 staff that uh, the reason for that was because I wasn't buying enough microtransactions. <laughs> like these companies at the top, and I'm really only talking about like the top publishers, yeah. they make enough money to support their staff. They make yes. enough money in box sales, they make enough money in microtransactions. They're not like, uh, you know, a startup getting by breaking even every year they're bringing in so much profit and the developers don't see that that's not on us that's on that's on them they need to change the way that they pay and stop weaponizing our guilt over these working conditions that they have full control over yes. like it, that's that's on you don't weaponize this phrase uh, to make me feel guilty so i buy your skin to support the developers when you should be doing that that's your job yeah no that's perfectly phrased i think um the only crosswires there was that i just went in general if you have a tail on a game yes. it can be a way to monetize that it can be a way to generate some revenue. Um, but I'm talking smaller scale, something like a Call of Duty. Yeah, that uh, there's a million other ways that you could support the revenue for that um, rather than falling back on MTX. But Nintendo are getting into it now, like with that Mario Strikers. Uh, Hasn't happened yet, but we'll see. It will. <laughs> but the thing is, they'll sell it as DLC or whatever, saying Daisy's coming or whatever. But that isn't that is a microtransaction. Kind you're of getting a character. Well, if you talk about Nintendo, they've got, they did their worst stuff on mobile, like the um, oh, Fire Mario, Emblem, yeah, Mario, Mario Kart, that, that Mario Run thing. And that was them seeing what they could get away mm. with. And the Fire Emblem, I forget the specific number, but that um, Fire Emblem Heroes made a ton of money mm. um, by just monetizing the specific. Do you want this character right now? Like there's all that stuff. Um, but yeah, the conversation on microtransactions is far from over, clearly. I just thought it was worth doing a little check-in thing because of how insane the Diablo news is. Um, and clearly the reality of like just how much we've interfaced with these things over the years. They've kind of gone from, like I said, Oblivion horse armor stuff, which was DLC, but still the idea of it being like a small little addendum to the main thing to some part of a game that is there every day and you're sort of like keeping up with it. Maybe it's the one game you play a year, so you're putting more money into it. Um, we'll see just whatever happens for the rest of the year, for the rest of <laughs> gaming time. Um, for now, this has been the World Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by James Dowse. Thanks, Scott. And Josh Brown. Always a pleasure, Scott. Always a lovely little pleasure. And we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.